And again, Merry Christmas. It's a great honor to be able to be with you all. And uh, while it's so beautiful to celebrate mystery, uh, this mystery of Christmas, it feels a little off, doesn't it? it? feels a little off. Christmas, we think of, you know, snow. There's no snow. We think of full churches and boisterous voices, but, you know, we're here in a different way. And, and one way that, that can be like, oh, man, that's sad. But on the other end of the spectrum, the fact that we're able to be here, to be here in a way that everyone feels safe, everyone's able to worship with all the masses we've had, that this is happening, it's a real gift. There are places in the, in the world right now, there's places in our country we're not even able to have mass. So the fact that we're able to be together is a gift that we should really thank the Lord for. But I think there's something about the way that this year has gone down that has prepared us for some of the mysteries of this holiday, maybe more than any other year in our life. This entire year has been throwing us curveballs. There's been things in our family, maybe school, maybe graduations, weddings, losing loved ones, difficult job situations. This whole year has been just upheaval of all the different things, the safe zones that we create for ourselves. In a lot of the ways, you can either just go into despair or you can allow yourself to adjust, to pivot, and recognize like, all right, God, this, <laughs> this is not how I saw this going for me. This is not how I saw this going for my family. Show me the better way. Show me the way out of this. Show me where you want me, my family, my loved ones to go. And in all of this craziness and all of how maybe different your holiday may be these last couple days and, and today, what would it have been like for Mary? What would it have been like for a young girl? You know, these young girls, I have three sisters, I know they do this, they, they dream about what it's going to be like to get married, to have a family, the birth of, of your first child, that beautiful, in, intimate moment. And I promise you, the way it went down is not how Mary thought it was going to go. The Annunciation was a bit of a surprise, but thank God she said yes. Then her betrothal to Joseph, and all of a sudden, Quirinius says, hey, we're going to do a census. You got to go to Bethlehem. And David, uh, Joseph is like, we got go, to go to Bethlehem. And Mary's like, Bethlehem? Where is that? I'm not going to Bethlehem. I want to have a, a baby. I want my mom to be there. I want it to be with the same sights and sounds I'm familiar with. I don't want to go to Bethlehem, but they go there long journey. She's very pregnant. And then there's no room in the inn. Are you kidding me? She's like, Joseph, you better do something, man. I'm not, what are we going to do? I'm about to have a child. Then she's having a baby in a stable, donkey on her left, you know, horse on the right. This is not how I saw this going. This is not at all. And then she just gave birth. And here's these, you know, stinky shepherds that come in there. And she's like, who are these guys? What are they doing here? I just have a child. And then we got the wise men with the weird gifts. <laughs> Lord, what's going on here? I don't understand. And just even the whole thought, the creator of the universe. He should be in a palace, right? He's the king. And this is the stage that he chooses to enter into humanity. So what is it about these questions? that we're more prepared to ponder this Christmas. Because these, these confusing things about our Lord, it didn't just stop at the nativity. It went through his whole life. The Jews were waiting for a general. They were waiting for a new David to kick the Romans out and to make Israel a great country. 
So when Jesus shows up, they're like, this is, this is not the guy. This is not him. This is not who we're waiting for. Totally threw a curveball to everybody. What about now? Our world wants to put Jesus in a box. Jesus, he's a nice guy. He's my buddy. He's my pal. That's not our Lord. Don't put him in a box because he will shatter that box. Our Lord is always throwing us in different directions and saying, you're missing the point. What, are you going to be like a Pharisee and just stay in your own little fantasy land of things that's not God or what God has in store for you? Or do we have the ability to say, okay, Lord, show me the better way. St. Cyprian wrote this line about the incarnation, the incarnation, Christ taking on flesh and becoming a human being, God. He says, God became man so that man can become God. It almost sounds blasphemous. And really, it's, it's scandalous. Theologians have posited that this is why Lucifer left the fact that God would humble himself to take on a mere mortal body was more than he could handle. In his own pride, he said, I'm out. God became man so that man can become God. I've got to ponder this. If we go back to Genesis, that same liar with all of his empty show and empty promises went up to Eve and said, why can't you eat from this tree? Why can't you have this fruit? Well, God said no. No, he just, he knows if you have this fruit, you will become like God. See, that's what the evil one does. He takes a good and he just twists it enough so that it's totally perverted. He knew what God had in store for us. He knew what God had in store for us. And even being like God, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be one with him. He wants to be in union with him. He wants us to become him. So what is God? What is God? And I think these are the things we can ponder about the nativity where we begin to see the nature of God, what he is. We see humility. We see simplicity. We see poverty, not, not with the negative connotations, but a poverty that you're not attached to anything of the world, but only allowing yourself to recognize what's important, to see through the lie, to see through the temptation, to recognize it's only my relationship to God that matters. We see that in the poverty of the nativity, that the most powerful not even being, is God. That God, who is all-powerful, would come in this way, shows us that poverty and a total gift of self, a total outpouring, which is everything that God is. That's why he created us. That love that is God cannot be contained. It's got to be given. It's got to be given. We see that in the relationship between the Father and the Son and that love is the Holy Spirit. 
outpours into creation of the whole world. This is why we were created, brothers and sisters. That total gift of self, everything that starts here at the nativity scene leads to the cross. The total gift of self first. God said, I love you so much. I would give my life to become God. We see this when we receive the Eucharist. When I eat an apple, it gives me fiber and sugar and the energy to come up here and be super loud and hopefully you're paying attention. But when we receive the Eucharist, we become God. Or at least we're given the opportunity to, the grace, if you're open to it. If you're not going to say, no, God, that's not what I want. That's not what I think. That's an that's a, that's a unsafe area for me. I don't trust it. But you've got to give. Anything that is of God is giving. And anything that's a lie from the evil one is turning inwards, blocking others out. What the world tells us we need to do. In a real way, we became one with God through the incarnation. He took on flesh. He became the head of the human race. We hear the term like body of Christ, but what is that? My sister got married a couple weeks ago, and I have three sisters. I don't have any brothers, but because of that sacramental marriage, the two of them became one in a way more than we even realize. I have a brother now. He's a part of the family through my sister in a real way and an even more profound and deep and beautiful way when God became man and took on humanity he, he took us on he said now you become one with me now you have a union with the father now you are sons and daughters of God the father the way that I am and through the sacrament of baptism through given that place in heaven and through this opportunity, this grace, if we're open to it through the Eucharist, God is saying, become one with me. And in this, we ponder the great mystery of Christmas, the mystery of giving, of total gift of self, of being God by seeing his example and living a simple, humble, true poverty true total gift of self. That's the mystery of Christmas. And that, brothers and sisters, is what God has in store for you if you're open to it, to pivot from your understanding of him, to pivot from your understanding of your faith, to go deeper into his heart and to allow you to recognize the better path that he has for you. So as you receive communion this morning, on this great day of Christmas, I ask you to ponder these things and to ask the Lord to show you who he is and who you were created to be. God loves you. I love you. Merry Christmas.